0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Hawaiian Keto Dad podcast. My name is Jarrett, and this is episode three. Episode three. I'm still trying to figure this out. It's still pretty new to me, but I'm excited. I I go throughout my day, and I get a little idea, and I write it down on a piece of paper and I, or a little napkin. And then my big problem is I lose the napkin and I don't know what I wrote down, and then I'm back at square one. But that's my issues that I got to deal with. Um, but yeah, I'm just really excited to have this platform right now. You know, I'm, I'm, um, I'm really just trying to use this extra time that I have um, at home without the kids um, during this pandemic. Uh, I normally work at the hotel, and the hotel has pretty much gotten down to a very low occupancy. And because of that, um, you know, there isn't enough hours to go around. But I've been blessed and able to collect unemployment and still live a a good life, you know, with my family, you know, with family help. And, you know, I'm just trying to take advantage of this opportunity. And that's why I'm doing a podcast. And um, also create content on my Instagram and all that good stuff. But anyways, I know in my last episode, I really didn't talk about the ketogenic diet too much at all. I mean, I I ended up speaking about my older son and a conversation that I had about strengths and weaknesses because he had a pretty major breakdown and how I can relate that to my everyday life. And everybody can relate to that. Like everybody has strengths and weaknesses and that we can use our strengths to push us through those weak moments in our life. and. Um, then I talked about my mom, you know, my mom is like the most inspirational person that I know, you know? And so, um, I thought it was a cool episode. Go check it out. It was episode two. Um, but in this episode, uh, since I talked about my older son in my second episode, I was like, oh, it's kind of unfair. Cause I have two kids. And, uh, just so happens that a couple of days ago, we went to pick him up from his, uh, preschool and, uh, his teacher, who he loves by the way every time every time he loves his teacher but then uh she came to uh, uh we came to pick him up and the teacher was like um did you know that Grayson he was eating grass today and we were like huh? uh sorry like i mean like he's putting things in his mouth i mean he's a 3 year old and you know and he, we that was an issue when he was younger as well but we never seen him eat grass before and so we kind of laughed it off, like it was, you know, it's just kids being kids. And then uh, yesterday, same thing. We went to pick him up, and the teacher's like, "Yeah, he was eating grass again." And we're like, "Oh no!" So we sat him down in the car, and we were like, "Okay, Grayson, um, were you eating grass today?" And he was like, "Not grass, leaves." And we're like, "Okay, that doesn't really..." okay, like, you're like proud of eating leaves. And I'm like, okay, I don't know, we're gonna have to just monitor it. Like, we're not panicking about it, but we're monitoring it. You know, we just want him to get a sore stomach. Or if you think about it, maybe he has a sore stomach, and he's eating the grass, like how dogs do when they have a sore stomach to get that extra fiber. He's prop. you know what, he's probably, he's probably thinking higher level than us adults. So, you know, we're not worried too much. But I just wanted to tell that story because I thought it was pretty hilarious that he corrected us. Um what my wife and I think he's he's really into dinosaurs right now. So we feel like he's probably acting like a we're trying to teach him that like, you know, there's herbivores and like carnivores. And we're trying to teach him like, okay, like, you know, uh brachiosaurus they eat leaves, you know, tyrannosaurus eats meat. You know, maybe he thinks he's a dinosaur. I don't know. I'm a, I'm I'm speculating, but that that's my three year old. That's why we love him. We love him, and yeah, he's our he's our he's our Tasmanian devil pretty much. He is our Tasmanian devil, and um, we've been through a lot with him actually, and we learned a lot about teaching your children on their playing field and not demanding them to do things on your own playing field. Um, my three-year-old Grayson, he's about to turn four. He's actually in um special needs um at his preschool. And it was one of the best, best decisions we could have made, I feel. You know, when we when he was growing up, sorry, I'm just getting I'm deep dive into my little kid, but uh when he was growing up, you know, he was one, turning two, and he really was he was he was slow to learn words and communicate those words. And we were just worried about his communication skills. Um, you know, when you when you take your kid, if you have children, you know, you take your kid for their two year old, you know, their birthday, you take him into the doctor. And um, we were talking to his pediatrician and we let her know, like, you know, he only knows like mama and like maybe dada. And even then, it's kind of like not not very like well structured the way he's speaking. And so she recommended Easter Seals early intervention. It's like a program. I don't know if they have it nationwide, but I do know they have it in Hawaii. Uh, It's a program where if you have kids that seem to be a little bit uh, slower developing speech or, you know, even walking or anything like that, you can go get them evaluated and it's like free or we, it was free for us maybe because we're poor, but it's like really good services and they send out experts they evaluated my son and they taught us so much about just how he learns and i think that's a really important it's a really important thing when you're a parent and it's like i i think i said this in my last in my last um episode but it's like you can't teach people how to be parents unless you know the kid because every kid learns differently and so when we went and we took him to that evaluation to the Easter Seals to get evaluated. And basically they just play with the kid and then they see, okay, they ask him to do things. And if he does it, then they like write a little check mark and doesn't do it right check mark. But anyways, after talking to them and expressing like our concerns, they let us know that it seems like he had uh, what they called vestibular processing disorder. And, um, it, uh, when they said that I, initially I was like, Oh no, it's a big word. I, I don't know. But, um, the way that they explained it to us, I'm trying to do this without butchering it, but the way that it explains it to us that there was two versions of it. There was one version where any type of motion or spinning or like over overstimulation um, can cause uncomfortability or dizziness or, you know what I mean? Like not being able to balance well. That's one version. And then the other version, which my son got diagnosed with, uh, was basically, he can't get into a, a comfortable learning state of mind unless he is moving or unless he gets his, you know, I guess his his sensory, he has to get like a sensory overload or like he needs to um, create an environment where he can move around for him to be able to learn. And when she said that, my wife and I were like, that makes so much sense Because until we learned that he had this, we were like yelling at him for, like, you know, he would be, he would literally like climb up, like, no fear, climb up, climb up the, like, uh, the bed, jump off the bed head first, roll, talk and roll, try to spin, try to, he would do everything you could think of. And we were just constantly like chasing him around, making sure he didn't get hurt, scolding him because, you know, you're not supposed to do certain things. But then when we found out that, this is just he's not doing this consciously like that this is is his body is trying to get him into a learning state of mind it just it made us first of all it made us feel a little bit bad that we were yelling at him for doing stuff but then secondly at least now we know and we 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 know the problem or not necessarily a problem but we know like you know who he is and how he learns and now we can adjust the environment around him to make it easier for him and uh with the help of that program like they taught us some like really cool tips you know that we still use to today and then we um he's in special needs he's in special services uh at his uh at his school right now and so we let them know what works for us uh what he loves doing he loves he'll ask for it now he's like he'll ask for like a wheelbarrow and he'll ask me to like hold his legs Or, or or my wife even my older son and then you just like run him around the house on his hands, like a wheelbarrow barrel. I would do that for like, I don't know, like three, four minutes. And then he'll say he's done. And then he'll be calm. Do you know what I mean? And then like, cause like he would just throw these crazy fits, like crazy. He'd be screaming and crying and like punching. He'd get physical. And we would just like, we didn't know what we were doing. We, would, we were like, okay. Like I grew up, you know, don't disrespect your parents don't yell at your parents don't fight your parents so i'm like what do i do like what i you know and then my wife she's just concerned for like his safety and i'm like it wasn't until we learned about how he is and we adjusted his environment where we saw so much growth and we're so proud of him you know now when he gets when it looks like he's uncomfortable and he's getting like combative a little bit we oh do you need to jump you need to oh, okay and we set up like a little obstacle course or we used to have like a small trampoline that he would just jump on the trampoline but that wasn't enough for him he likes to like roll so i literally will like put him on his back and spin him spin him like a top not 10 15 times and then he'll tell me stop and then he go i'm dizzy i dizzy and then and then he's good and he can go back to independent play by himself you know so if you if, if your parent and you're you're worried about your child i wouldn't say i wouldn't stress about them but i would say to go and do do your research and do you know reach out to uh, like you know people your resources that you do have and just try to learn get your kid evaluated try to learn how he learns or she learns you know that's I think the best thing a parent could do, and it's one of the most things, one of the things I'm proud about my wife and I for doing, you know, growing up, you know, special needs always had like a negative connotation, connotation. I don't, I don't know how to say that word, but, you know, always had like this negative feeling like, Oh, you want to read the short bus. And it's like, you don't want your kid to be teased because they're special needs. But in all honesty, like every kid is special in their own way. You know what I mean? It's just it just sucks that the education system only teaches one way. Do you know what I mean? Like I wish the education system or if there were there were more schools out there that taught a variety of ways because there's every kid learns a variety of ways. Even between my two my two children, I have a 6-year-old and a 3-year-old. And they learn so differently. They are like one, you know, one can actually like sit down and like enjoys reading, enjoys Minecraft. My other one like enjoys flipping around enjoys like honestly, like i wrestle him in the living room <laughs> i legit like wrestle him like i'm trying to teach him wrestle moves because I, I i was a wrestler in high school and i, I try to wrestle my older son and he just goes limp and he goes oh you're hurting me <laughs> so mm-hmm. i'm like okay go go play your minecraft i'll wrestle your younger brother but um uh, i just think that's an important thing to to talk about and Like I said earlier, I talked about my older son last week and I really wanted to, like, I'm proud of my kids and I'm proud of what my wife and I have, have done to try to raise them, you know, not every day is perfect. I mean, just today trying to get my son to like brush his teeth this morning was, you know, it got, it got, it got not crazy, but it just got stressful, you know, but it's just a daily thing and we're just doing our best. And um, yeah, so that's, I wanted to talk about that in the beginning of this podcast because that was fresh on my mind and, you know, and I just love my kids. Um, but I also wanted to add in some, something about the ketogenic diet, because that's a big part of who I am as well. And so beforehand, while I was waiting for my wife to finish her tattoo, I'll get to that, like maybe in an episode, because my wife's tattoos are like, she's like, gaining confidence you know because she's kind of been losing weight and now she's like wants a lot of tattoos and i'm excited for her i'm not excited for the price but you know it's i to me it's worth it because if it's gonna help you feel more confident and live a happier life like i really don't care i really don't care as long as you're not hurting anybody else anyway so i have it i wrote wrote it down on this list and so um pretty much i was thinking about it i'm trying to keep like my top 5 keto tips when you're starting because I know it's been so long since I started my diet that like I I forget w- what worked what didn't work in the beginning and I think I came up with a pretty good list and I think you know I may I may add this list to like my Instagram I might do a post about it later um but for right now I'll just read it off right now so the top 5 starting keto tips I wrote on the first one before you even change anything in your diet, you know? You research, research, research. You know what I mean? It's like you learn about it. You learn what's happening to your body. I think that's such an important thing. Like learn what it means for your body to transition from burning carbs as fuel to burning ketones as fuel and how that is gonna help you burn fat as fuel and how that is going to make you feel, feel. <laughs> I said feel a lot. But anyways, I think that's one of the most important things. So for me, my research, because I'm not like the avid reader, I'm not like, you know, I don't comprehend reading material very well. So I did a lot of YouTube videos. I I researched a bunch on Instagram, looking for what other people were eating. Um, on YouTube, Dr. Eric Berg, I talked a lot about that in the first episode. But he that video really cleared things up for me and helped me understand what i needed to eat why i needed to eat it and then what's happening in my body and why ketogenic why the ketogenic diet works um also i um i also looked up a lot of what i could eat on the diet not necessarily what i can't eat like i'm trying to i try to live a life like glass half full not half empty i don't know if i said that right but just try to have a more positive mindset and i so i tried to look at it where okay what can i eat on this diet and then i i wrote i like i actually wrote it down i don't know if i have that list somewhere in the pile of stacks but i had it like i wrote down the things that i can eat on the ketogenic diet and i was like oh okay i can have steak chicken you know I like, oh i can have like pork i can have green vegetables i can cook everything in butter you know i can i can season things well like you know there's no i can Um, I can have some cheese, I can have berries. And I was just like, Oh, these are, I I can have nuts. And I just, I I wrote it down on a list and I was like, this I can do. I was like, I can live a happy life eating these foods, you know? And so I kind of had a basic understanding of like what's happening to my body. I had an understanding of what foods I, I could eat and I know I can enjoy those foods And um, I just researched, uh, when I went on Instagram, I also researched just some other, I created my account, I researched some other keto people that I could follow and ask questions and get support along the way, um, which was super awesome. And then, so that was my first one, research, research, research in your own way, do, use whatever research you like doing. So if you like reading, go Google, research that. If you like YouTube, like I do, just go research the basics to keto or you know what I mean look for some doctors and that are on there they can explain it better than I can um and yeah the number two so the keto tip number two that I think is super important once you decide that you're gonna start this is uh other than like take out all the carbohydrates that you have in the house if you can or at least hide it you know put it on the side so you don't see it every day is uh you should shop when you go to shop that first time before your keto keep it super simple like don't buy keto products don't you know try to like don't like look for like a fancy recipe and be like the first keto recipe i make is going to be a whatever like a i can't even think of like a lasagna keto lasagna with extra uh noodles i don't know you see you know what i mean like just don't don't go over and above the first I would say a couple months. Like keep everything super simple. So what I did is I basically wrote down on a list, okay, protein, green veggies, and then the cooking, what I'm going to use to cook it. And so I'll give you an example. So for that week, I wanted to eat beef. So I picked up beef, like you know, even like ground hamburger. I picked up ground hamburger. I wanted broccoli and Brussels sprout, So I picked that up and then I wanted to cook it in butter. You know what I mean? And so I picked up grass-fed butter and like, that was my main thing, like for those first few days, you know, and then always have eggs. If it's on sale, pick up some avocados and you just, it sounds boring, but your body is going to love it. Especially when you're in that beginning stages. Like if you keep things simple, your body's not going to be like fluctuating because a lot of these ketogenic um, processed, ketogenic like foods they may be low net carbs but they have a lot of other things in there that your body doesn't really like like erythritol and like whatever talls and i'm not really big on the science but they they're just they throw in a bunch of like nutritional fibers that may bring down the net carbs but they're not doing your body any better than like whole foods that you could be eating. And so when you're first starting for those, at least that first month or two, you got to keep it simple. If you really want to have success and if, if this is going to be like your, your new lifestyle change. Um, and also eggs. Eggs for me, eggs, eggs, eggs. And then um, even cheese. Like you can add some cheese, but don't over cheese it in the beginning because dairy doesn't do well with everybody. You know, like I, I enjoy cheese, but I try not to over cheese everything. And that's it. Keep it simple. So uh, starting keto tips, one, research, research, research. Number two, keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it, keep it simple. You know, protein, veggies, cooking fats, eggs, avocado, you know, figure out different ways to season it if you need variety. And and that's that's your first month, at least maybe first two months until your body can really take in that good food and then transition from burning carbohydrates as fuel to burning ketones as fuel. And then number three, number three, um, I have here written. My wife is like I showed my wife. She's like, that's not how you speak English. But I'm like, this is how my brain works. I wrote down drink, not only water. And you may think like, what does that mean? Well basically that means like yes you need to drink a lot of water. Your body's going to be shedding a lot of water during the beginning process because you're going to lose a lot of water weight because your body is transitioning and if you but if you only drink water you're not going to be able to regain the electrolytes the important electrolytes that you need. And so these electrolytes that I feel that that I've read or like that I've seen YouTube videos about are uh, magnesium potassium and sodium and so i've i've used different electrolyte drinks um but i i assume you could also just take like the pills like they probably sell like magnesium potassium and sodium pills add a lot of pink himalayan salt to all of your cooking like don't be afraid to kind of over salt as long as like your blood pressure is fine um but yeah just i use like go ultima um doesn't really have a bad aftertaste and then Key Nutrients is another company that um, I've had their products, but I mean, those companies have also sent me free products. So I kind of go with the ones that send me free products. But uh, Go Ultima Grape is, I think, my most consistently favorite one. And I think Key Nutrients has like a mango peach that I think is pretty awesome. Some of the other flavors have like a little bit of a vitamin aftertaste, like a Flintstone vitamin aftertaste. But those two flavors for me seem to like be the most smooth. But yeah, so number three, don't not, no, don't drink only water. Like also include your electrolytes. You know, um, when I first transitioned into ketosis, I didn't drink electrolytes. And I used to get calf cramps at work. I'd be at work and my calves literally felt like it was just like because I was dehydrated, you know, even though I was drinking water, my the minerals was all getting flushed out with all the piss that I was doing. You know what I mean? And so um, I yeah, so that that was a big thing for me. I didn't really have a major keto flu. I know some people say they get a keto flu. And I always wonder, like, I wonder if I I even made it into ketosis. Like, sometimes I think that because I never really had a bad keto flu. I always just had bad cramps. But electrolytes are going to help with that as well. You know, whenever you're doing such a drastic change, um, I feel like uh, your body is, you know, it's it's changing. You know, it's changing from burning carbohydrates as fuel to burning ketones as fuel. So you're going to feel some changes as well. So drink not only water, water and electrolytes. And number four, um, this is, is, I think, a super important one because I think people, as soon as they change their diet, they look for the cool things like, oh, what are the cool people doing? And they look for the Instagrammers like me that post some keto snacks and keto candies and, you know, like things that keto cereals. And I would say, no, 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 don't. Don't eat any keto snacks, at least for the first month. Like I said earlier, like keep it simple. No keto snacks. No keto chocolates. No. I I know you think it's cool. Even me too. Like I post those things too. You know they f- send me free stuff, so I post it on my Instagram. Hawaiian Keto Dad, and I know it looks cool and it looks like it might be great, but you gotta you gotta keep it simple in the beginning. You're transitioning. Also what's going to happen too, if you keep it simple your taste buds are going to change to where like y- y- you're so used to eating sweet 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 sweets all the time and then your taste buds are going to change and then you're going to be like oh you know like and then those keto snacks sometimes are even too sweet for me if I'm if I'm keeping it clean for a long period of time and then I try mm-hmm. like a like a Jojos or a Chalk Zero I love both of those by the way um but I'll I'll I'll, I'll be like oh it's kind of sweet And so you want that. You want that clean transition into ketosis. Um, And then last but not least, I think this is the most important thing. Like the number one thing. The most important thing is um, don't try to do this on your own. I have here, find a partner or a community so that you can stay accountable. I talked about this a lot in episode one about the origins of the Hawaiian Keto Dad. the, one of the biggest reasons why I started an Instagram account, a keto, a separate from my regular account, I started a, a Hawaiian Keto diet account was because I wanted to keep myself accountable. And so I would post what I cooked and what I ate every single day for years, for three years. I've done that. You know what I mean? I might have missed a few days here and there, but like I, I try to post every single day. And it has helped me to stay accountable and also motivate other people i've made some great friends and it's just it's so much easier like on your bad days you know what i mean like if you have someone to message talk to or even while you're scrolling on instagram you know or facebook or whatever you you use you know for your social media just scrolling by and you see somebody else doing something similar trying to make gains or even for me, like, do see someone else that failed? I know I don't want other people to fail. But when I see other people that have failed, like me, I'm like, okay, it's not just me. You know, other people, like, we're human. It's okay that I failed and I cheat. Like, I did a cheat meal last weekend. You know, somebody else did too. But that's okay. It's not going to be a cheat life. You know what I mean? I'm going to keep on pushing. And so I, I think. This is the most important thing for me. Like It's my opinion because um, I'm the type of person, like if I'm by myself, I get into my own head and my head tends to skew about myself. It tends to skew negative about myself. Um, I don't know if there's other people like that. I try to share positivity. I try to have a persona of a positive person with because I'm expressing that to other people, but in general, when I'm by myself and I'm in my thoughts, a lot of times those thoughts are, I'm not good enough or, oh my God, why'd I do that? I screwed up again, you know? And so for me, it is so important for me to have a partner, which I love, my wife is my partner, but also friends, family, or even just people, online friends that I've met along the way that I'll have questions or I'll just banter and I'll just, it just makes life so much more easier for me. And so I'll just restate the, my top keto tips. And there's a lot of different tips too. You know, these are just the ones I think are important when you're starting the ketogenic diet. Um, And so number one, research, 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 and figure out if keto is right for you. You know, you got to learn about it before you figure it out. You know, don't just jump on it because you see other people losing weight, figure out what it is, what's happening and whether or not you should do it Two, keep it simple, especially that first grocery haul. Simple, simple, simple protein, vegetables, cooking, fat, eggs, avocado, pink salt. Boom. Number three, don't only drink water. Also add electrolytes. That's magnesium, potassium, sodium. You'll thank me later. It's going to help with keto flu. It's also going to help with cramping. Number four, No keto snacks in the first month, maybe first two months, because keto snacks have other things in them like dietary fiber and um, erythritols and different tals that are going to not help your body. You know what I mean? It's not horrible, but it's not going to help your body. And then number five, find a partner, find a community. Don't be alone. You're not on this journey alone. So that's pretty much it. Thank you for listening. Please go check out my Instagram, HawaiianKetodad.com. Please, if you haven't, subscribed to this podcast. I know it's just me rambling on, but I would really appreciate it. It's super awesome to have this outlet to be able to share some of my family and some of my journey and some of the things that I learned. You guys are awesome. And I'm going to say aloha. Okay. Bye, guys.